Hello, and welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Ziv Raviv. And I'm Shachar Erez. And together in this season that is really just almost at the end, uh, we are discovering and researching all sorts of tactics that can help you and us on making our relationship more generous. And we're talking about marriages, we're talking about the dialogue between the couple, and the interviewee of today is someone that can teach us a lot about how to perform a dialogue that creates trust. And that is Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin. Can you tell us, Shlachar, who is Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin? So Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin is a very interesting therapist. He's a licensed therapist, and he works with a method that's called Imago therapy. And what's special that he does for his clients a two-day intensive Instead of, uh, you know, the weekly, usually couples counseling is done weekly, him and his wife, they offer a two-day intensive that is worth like six months of marriage counseling. And it does sound intensive, but uh, uh, let's learn all about him. He is also, he has a podcast and he has a book. We'll hear all about that in the interview. So I'll see you in the other end of the interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello, Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Ziv Raviv. And I'm Shachar Erez. And today we are going to interview Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin. Uh, he's the author of the book, The Five-Step Action Plan to a Healthy and Happy Marriage. I'm already excited just by the title of the book and how practical it sounds. But actually, Rabbi Shlomo has a podcast as well, and he's operating from Baltimore, Maryland. And his podcast has this even more interesting uh, title, which is can this marriage be saved? Hello, Rabbi Shlomo. How are you? Hi. Doing well. Thank God. How are you? Good. Thank you for uh, being a guest in this show. And I just have to ask, can this marriage really be saved? <laughs> of course. With, with God's help and the right, the right help, it definitely can be. And so sometimes we get lost in the way. We, we fight a lot in our marriages and we go through all sorts of hurdles, some of them financial hurdles, some of them personal hurdles of all sorts. So sometimes the right help that you mentioned, if, they, if you get the right help, it's really chaotic and scary. What is the right help from your point of view? So from my perspective, I mean, obviously there's, there's more than one way to help a relationship. There are many different approaches out there. But one of the things that I experience in terms of the work I do with Imago therapy is that First of all, understanding a relationship, giving you a framework to understand the purpose of conflict and to normalize the conflict. I think that's one of the issues that's really hard for couples, uh, not having hope, feeling that the challenges are a reason to call it quits. So having a framework and understanding to help a couple to understand what's going on and conceptualize their situation. And then number two, helping them, providing them the right tools that they need to create a safe environment so they can actually coexist together in a way that brings them closer to each other and achieves connection and stability for their marriage. So it's twofold. It's uh, understanding their relationship, the big picture, and then giving them the tools to actually create that healthy relationship. 
And is that Imago? Can you say some more about Imago? Sure. So Imago, Imago therapy was created by Dr. Harville Hendrick. He wrote the book, Getting a Love You Want, over 30 years ago. And Imago means image in Latin. And it's a, the idea is that we all have, when, why do we choose our spouse? There's so many people we could we meet and date, perhaps. And why do we pick the person that we commit to over everyone else? So there's obviously conscious reasons, but Dr. Hendricks posits that there are unconscious reasons. That's our Imago, that we're looking to find someone who is the image of our primary caretakers, the positive and negative traits of our parents, meaning that marriage is the unfinished business of childhood and that we're looking to find someone who's going to kind of almost recreate the similar scenario, at least emotionally, so that we can get it right this time. And the marriage is also for the purpose of growth and healing. So by, re, by re, getting re-triggered in those same ways, by finding someone who feels very familiar, we can actually get our needs met in the way that they weren't necessarily growing up. So in the process of uh, in Imago therapy, you will try to understand what was missing in your childhood and what, uh, how did that affect your subconscious uh, decision-making on, on your spouse? And that will give you the bigger picture. But you also said that you work with tools to create a safe environment. Can you give us some examples? Sure. So one of the major tools we use is called the dialogue process. And the dialogue is an opportunity for couples to discuss the issues that they have. While some people may think it's, you know, it's a communication tool, I view it more as a vehicle for transformation because it changes the dynamic of the relationship. The reason that we can't, that we fight, that we that we trigger each other is because we don't feel safe. And once we feel safe, we can be able to work together, understand each other, not get reactive and really hear each other. So the Imago dialogue process is an opportunity to create a very structured setting where a couple can talk to each other about anything, but specifically helpful with the frustration so that one person can share what they're feeling and their spouse can, instead of interrupting, getting defensive, or even trying to help and offer advice, they actually have to just listen to what the other is saying through active listening by mirroring back what the person is saying, repeating back, checking if they got that right, asking if there's more, and then validating the other person's experience by telling them it makes sense and then empathizing by guessing how they feel. And then usually in the, in the course of the structure, I will help them go back to the childhood to see if there's any connection. So it gives them a stru- structured tool to be able to have a conversation that's safe and once we can do that and get out of our reactive brain, we can actually see the situation in a whole new way and access our own innate you know, brilliance and genius intelligence to be able to come up with a solution together as a couple or even one person in the relationship coming up with new ideas of how to tackle the conflict that they weren't able to do previously because they did not lack that safety. Beautiful. So, so first they practice in therapy with you, this kind of dialogue, and then they could take it home and use it without the therapist. So I teach it to them in, in the, when I work with them. Usually I work with a couple for a two-day intensive, and then I do follow-ups afterwards. So in those two days, we really work hard to learn the dialogue process. And then when they go home, I advise them to continue practicing it. If they're continuing their work with me, we usually save the difficult topics for the sessions. But the goal is to empower the couple that they're not dependent on therapy forever, that they're going to be able to take this process and apply it for the rest of their lives. And many couples, even if they just, let's say they take our online course, they don't actually work with us, they can learn the dialogue and they practice it on their own as a resource. What's your vision for your podcast, The Ken 
can this marriage be saved? We'd like to get the word out about what we do with couples and, and how they're, and I guess kind of shift the paradigm that people have about relationships. People often get caught up in all, in the issues and the content and, you know, whether it's, we have, we have various different podcasts about whether it's about affairs or people who are mental health disorders, diagnoses that a spouse has, or, or any other range of typical issues that trip up a couple and lead a lot of people to just fall into despair and feel like their relationship cannot be saved. And we're here to kind of provide a fresh new perspective to help them see their relationship in a different way and to see that there could be light at the end of the tunnel, that there could be hope and there could be a different resolution for something that seems unresolvable. That's so important. I feel like the culture today doesn't support marriage anymore, even vice versa. If you're having a hard time, divorce and take care of yourself. and Replace the model. Yeah. Yeah, and people are saying that, you know, maybe marriage is just not something people can't be in a marriage anymore. Maybe maybe they have to have, um, let's say, open relationships or multiple partners. I mean, that's kind of the way that I think a lot of people are thinking. And, you know, I think that marriage is something that marriage has lasted for years, and I think it's something that can last. But it takes commitment, and our, our society is so such a disposable, disposable society. We're getting new, you know, every cell phone just becomes outdated after, after a year or even less. And, you know, we tend to think that way about our relationships. And sometimes it's time to go back to basics and to really go back to our humanness and really realize that our marriage is not disposable. Our marriage is not the latest gadget or technology. It is something that's sacred and it's something that we need to invest in to make it work. But if we do, we can achieve the most amazing type of healing possible and connection in any other relationship. In my clinic, I find that... Uh... Even couples in the hardest situations, if both of them are into fixing it, it's possible. I totally like, can this marriage be saved? Yeah, if both of you want it to be saved, yeah, it can be saved. Go to the right person and can be saved. What do you do when only one side wants to save the marriage and wants to get help? How do you tackle that unfortunately common problem? So in terms of working with a couple, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to do couples therapy with one spouse. They generally do not work with one spouse because the goal is to get the couple together. But occasionally I'm giving someone just some feedback over the phone and a consultation. There are things that you can do on your own to be a better spouse and to stop the dynamic, meaning that, as we said before, the key is safety. And although ideally the most efficient way to work to, is together, but even if one spouse applies some of the, the ideas and concepts, one spouse shows up as their best self, one spouse becomes less reactive, they stop that dynamic that's kind of just perpetuating itself and enable the relationship to shift. And of course, it depends why the other spouse is unwilling. If the other spouse is having an active affair, for example, that's a really hard thing to change because they're, they're in that romantic stage with someone else. So it's hard to talk reason. But... If someone's just dissatisfied and they're frustrated in the relationship and they want out, many times the efforts of one partner can be effective in changing things and bringing their partner back. Do you think that there's a difference on the definition of safety between most of the men or most of the women? I think it depends on, I don't know if it's necessarily a gender. I mean, some things are gender related, but other things are not necessarily gender related, but it's more of just the the type of person they are in terms of the adaptations that they learn to get safe growing up. So 
we tend to find people either minimize their energy or maximize their energy. So minimizing is the type of person we call the minimizer the turtle. They kind of um, go into the freeze or submit when they're feeling unsafe. And the hailstorm, the one that's like rains down the hail, that's the that's the one who makes a lot of noise. That's that's the maximizer. That's either the you know fight or flight. They push out that energy. It's more dramatic. Many times it's the woman that's the hailstorm and the man that's the turtle, but I've had many cases where it's the opposite. And what's safe for one is the, is not safe for another. So for, for a hailstorm, their biggest fear is not being seen or heard. So when the turtle starts going into their shell, they get louder. And of course, that makes the turtle feel even more unsafe. On the other hand, the turtle, they, they feel unsafe when the hailstorm is loud and engaging in that way. So I think it really depends on the person more so than uh, the gender. Although I find a lot of women are more of the, more hailstorms than, than, than men. That's cool. I never heard those uh, metaphors. It's helpful because I think that it's, it helps destigmatize the relationship because a lot of times people think, they might say like, oh, my wife is like abusive or my husband is like, cold and like doesn't not engage and when they start seeing it's a dynamic that they're just trying to get safe it helps them have more compassion for each other and not and not feel like oh this this is just the wrong spouse it's really a dynamic and if i can create safety then they won't start they won't keep acting in that same way is there any exercise that you give couples specifically about that about increasing safety i find the the mago dialogue process helps that Because we teach them, for, for example, even just doing the following thing I'm going to share with you is making an appointment to share, to talk. If you have something that you want to talk about, make an appointment. And that means the hailstorm who likes to just unleash whenever they're upset, they're creating safety for the turtle because they're asking if the other person's available. And that is, you know, unacknowledging that their partner is an other, meaning there's someone else in this relationship. Well, because I feel the need to share right now doesn't mean that the other person's available to listen. And it would be counterproductive if I just share what I'm upset about when my spouse is not able to listen, because they will just get reactive and whatever I want to get across will not be received. So making that appointment, and then also that creates a safe environment for the discussion. It's also for the turtle, if now is not a good time to take to say, I'm not available right now, but how about within 24 hours? The turtle would rather never talk about anything. They'd rather postpone it indefinitely. But by making it within 24 hours, you give a little bit of a time. So that itself is how we start our dialogue. And I encourage couples to do that at home, even if they're just having a conversation and not in that context. That can create safety. And then, of course, the structured process where one person talks, the other person repeats back without interjecting is another way that we create safety. That's one thing. And then, of course, all the positive things that we teach couples, sharing a daily appreciation, all of these positive things that creates safety, that they experience their partner as someone that they can have a positive interaction with, not just someone who just is a negative, negative uh, experience. I love it. And we do talk a lot about gratitude and uh, how important it is for a relationship. You mentioned your book. In the intro and the name of it, I'm really curious if you don't mind sharing with us what are the five step action plan to a healthy and happy marriage? Actually, the first step is kind of what Shachar said about commitment that if a couple is committed, that's the secret. So the first step is really commitment. If, if a couple is committed, that's the first step to success. If they're not committed, if one person's halfway out the door, it's much harder. So commit, having a couple commit, seeing why they're meant to be, seeing why their conflict is tailor-made and that there's hope. 
That's number one. Once a couple commits, then the second step is seal the exits. Once you've committed to being in a relationship, it means sealing all the exits, all the energy leaks that prevent you from being fully present in the relationship. So obvious ones are, you know, like infidelity, other relationships or substance abuse, things that draw you out of the relationship, but also more benign exits, things that you might do that are good things to do that are necessary, like working, you know, having friends, exercising. But if you're doing them for the purpose of, if there's a side benefit, meaning if you are unconsciously thinking like, I also, I'm staying at the office late because I want to avoid being with at home because it's too hard to be at home. That's considered an exit. So just being mindful about what you do to kind of sap the energy out of the relationship and be able to bring the energy back to where it needs to be. Then once you're, the energy is in the relationship, then of course we need to detox the marriage. That's number three. That means detoxing the space, removing all the, the poison, all the shaming, the blaming, the criticism, the put downs, and instead learning how to ask for what you want because underneath every frustration is an unmet need. So being able to communicate with your spouse in a safe way to be able to articulate what you need without them feeling bad, without being, I would say, you know, verbally abusive or, and being more emotionally mature. Once you have that safe space, once you're able to connect, seal the exits and detox the relationship, then the fourth step is acknowledge the other. And that's what we said a little bit already about the Imago dialogue process. That's acknowledging the other one sharing by speaking respectfully, by making sure it's a good time making that appointment. And then acknowledging the other while while listening, mirroring back instead of interjecting, meaning listening is other focus. It's not about you. So if you are listening to someone and you're feeling anxious and you want to help them, that's from your own anxiety as opposed to really being present in the world of the other. So acknowledging the other is crossing that bridge, experiencing the other, and being fully present. And the fifth, the fifth step, sorry, and the fourth step is where we really deal with the issues in the relationship and be able to talk about it and learn how to differentiate and to see that both sides have a valid perspective and that neither one of you has to be right because as we say, you can be right or you can be in relationship. And then the fifth step is what we call love infusions. And that's all the positive things. That's appreciations ritual. That's um, performing daily acts of kindness, meaning caring behaviors and going out on date nights, the things that infuse your relationship with positivity. And even though it's five steps and there is kind of a, a natural order of progression, sometimes couples need to start with the fifth step because it's such a negative place. So they don't even know if they want to commit, but they need to have fun. They need to connect in a positive way. And that can give them the impetus to start from step one and commit again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Brilliant. I, I do think it's brilliant too. You can be right or you can be married. And uh, you just uh, outlined uh, the, the, the five big steps that uh, everyone can take to commit to seal the exit to detox to acknowledge and to to infuse love five very important steps uh, that you can take them in in the order that you need where can people find your book rabbi shlomo um so it's available on amazon Amazon amazon.com if you search for the five-step action plan it's also on audible so if you don't have time to read. You want to listen to? We just we just launched it on Audible, so you can uh, listen to it there. Wow, that's really exciting! And we will put uh, in our show notes uh, in generousmerch.com the link to help people uh, find not only the book but also your website, where people uh, can learn more about your online course and also your podcast. Can this marriage be saved? You've been helping people save their marriages 
whether they, they read or they listen or they meet you in your intensive two-day workshops and then through uh, your other programs. Did you ever get to the point where you are despaired or depressed or think that a couple will not make it? So occasionally there are, occasionally there are situations where you definitely have you know, seen that it, it just doesn't look like it's going to work. It's usually because the couple is not fully committed or one person's kind of checked out of the relationship. If they are committed to working it out, even if they're in a really bad space, though, I still always hold the hope that a couple can, I was like, when there's a will, there's a way. So I always hold the hope that if the couple wants to continue working together, that they can make it work and they can turn things around. But some situations are really hard and, and they are sad. And, it, you know, it's it's really sad to watch. And it's a, it's sad when I hear about, when I think about, you know, as parents, how people's parents could have done a better job and how they're here right now in in marriage counseling because of the experience they had growing up as a child and it just further inspires me to to get the word out there that we have to be conscious parents as well as conscious spouses so that we can prevent the next generation from having to go through the same pain that many of us have amen to that i think uh we could go on uh uh, to many topics, this, this, you, you're very knowledgeable about the human condition around marriages and around marriage. And, and I, I am very thankful for you to share your, your approach here on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Thank you guys for listening for yet another interview. Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin, thank you so much and God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye. Wow, this guy, he knows his stuff and I really appreciate how the five steps action plan with the commitment and sealing the exits and detoxing the marriage and all the steps in it, infusing love and so on. It's just so well-crafted to be practical and to be helpful. Uh, what did you think about the interview? I agree, I agree. I think this was packed and uh, like dense with the stuff that people can take and implement in uh, in their life. The five step action plan is awesome and Turtle versus Hellstorm. I like those metaphors. Yeah. And the Imago dialogue exercise is just so practical and uh, can help couples create the safety that's needed for effective discussions, for effective conversations. And I dare say even that you can use the Imago dialogue when you're communicating in business with potential customers. Just by repeating what the other person said and verifying that you got it correctly, that shows empathy and that shows that you're listening. So really powerful messages and tactics in today's episode with Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin that was also a very generous uh, individual and influencer uh, not only he shares his ideas for free on his podcast and he has a book also on Amazon, but he also shared with us uh, this really nice infographics about the five steps uh, action plan for happy and healthy relationships. So uh, where, can, where can people find uh, that um, infographic? On our website on uh, season two, episode 18, scroll down to the bonus section and download the fun infographic for free. And, you know, be sure to, to print it and use it. It's practical. It's usable. And I really love uh, specifically the, the idea of 
of sealed exit. I think that this is something that we all should think out, uh, to ourselves, like maybe sometimes we use excuses like work is very important and I need to stay late. And maybe sometimes we're actually trying to keep an exit open for us. And sealing the exit uh, means putting priority on the relationship. Um, and that is something that I think uh, everyone can, can self-examine. Um, next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast, we have a special. And this special is actually an episode where we summarize um, the best uh, episodes in the season, uh, the first 10 of them. And we will uh, share with you some of the lessons. It will be an opportunity to review the tools and to mark for yourself which of the ideas you need to go back to. So I'm super stoked about the uh, announcement at the end of the next episode. Stay tuned for next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Bye. See you next week.